Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going on, guys? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Wanted to go over your Week 10 waiver wire pickups. Uh, This is the week that Kareem Hunt is back. Uh, We'll see what kind of role he plays, uh, you know, in his debut with the Browns in the regular season. Uh, Don't think it hurts Nick Chubb too much. Um, (laughs) I mentioned in, in my review yesterday that Dontrell Hilliard, you know, taking away 40% of snaps from Nick Chubb. And, and that's happening already without <laughs> Kareem Hunt, right? So, uh, you know, with Kareem Hunt there, I, I would assume that his initial uh, role is is a pass-catching role. Like maybe, you know, kind of come in. I would assume he gets some early down reps as well. Uh, you know, so maybe taking away a little bit from Nick Chubb there. But Nick Chubb is already being taken off the field. Uh, in passing, in most passing situations, so maybe Kareem Hunt starts off there, just take Hilliard's role, and you know if he if he if he kind of exceeds expectations, maybe he gets uh, a little bit more of a role. Uh, but I mean, this is a little bit late in the season. I don't know how drastic they're going to shake up that backfield, but but we'll see. Um, you know, he's not the biggest waiver wire pickup this week. Um, you know, I think that. There are other guys who you can pick up and potentially play this week with more confidence. Uh, I, I just I'll grab Hunt, Hunt as like a high upside, you know, potentially efficient option alongside Chubb. Uh, I I'm not sure if I want to start him this week, you know, uh, unless you're desperate, you know, and you're okay with some blind upside. That's pretty much where I would go personally. Uh, but you know, check if Devin Singletary is available. Uh, he's rostered in 73% of Yahoo League. So, you know, in this time of year, 75%, 80% is kind of like almost full because 20% pretty much quit. Uh, but he's the top priority if he's available. Uh, he's the guy in Buffalo. Uh, Ronald Jones is another guy I'd rather take over him. Uh, you know, he made his first start of the season, 
right? That's significant. He ended up with 18 carries on 53% of snaps last week. Peyton Barber was on the field for only 14% of snaps, touched the ball four times. Um, the Bucks, you know, they were losing late in the game, so it's possible that Jones sees even more snaps over Dario Ogunbowale because he's their pass catcher. He's the guy who comes in in pass catching situations, um, and if they weren't down, maybe he wouldn't be playing on early downs uh, in those pass catching situations late in that game trying to catch up. Uh, he also, uh, Ronald Jones also got a carry inside the 10-yard line for his touchdown, which is good to see. I think it was from the 8. Uh, so we always want to see those inside the 10 carries. Um, now, you know, we've seen the backfield flip-flop between Jones and Barber all year long. Uh, but this is the first time Jones actually got the start intentionally. Uh, we've seen Jones have better games, you know, get more playing time in a few games this year. Uh, but it's been a product of the hot hand you know, during a game, uh, and then it would just end up reverting back to neutral timeshare with Peyton Barber. Um, now, Bruce Arians yesterday confirmed that this was intentional. Uh, he got the start intentionally, and he deserved more touches because he had shown consistency. He had shown more explosiveness. Um, so if Jones, you know, he has a chance to keep a stranglehold on that job, you know, it's an explosive offense, and if he does, he'll be a weekly RB2 uh, at the very least, and if he's available, he's a must pick up. Okay, Damian Williams, uh, <laughs> the seesaw continues in the Chiefs' backfield. This could have been LaShawn McCoy's backfield, but he literally fumbled that away in week eight. Uh, Damian Williams led the backfield with 12 carries, uh, 14 touches altogether. McCoy had three carries with four touches altogether. Uh, but you know, the real story of the game was the snap share where Damian Williams saw 72% of snaps. Darren Williams was next with 18%, and LaShawn McCoy only played on 10% of snaps. So he was an afterthought in this particular matchup. Um, and, and since that fumble, since McCoy had that bad fumble a couple weeks ago, Damian Williams outtouched him 21-4. to um, And, you know, when Mahomes is back, possibly this week, you, you probably have to view Williams as an RB2, although a risky RB2, you know, you're kind of assuming that he's going to be the guy, and that assumption is the risky part, right? Andy Reid can easily revert to more of a timeshare again, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of upside if Damien is getting more than 65% of snaps with Mahomes. Jamal Williams, uh, also rather grab him <laughs> over a hunt, but he's rostered in 72% of Yahoo leagues. Um, now, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's staying super efficient uh you know he scored four touchdowns over the past three weeks you know only averaging eight touches per game uh it's working right Rodgers is looking for him in the end zone he scored a receiving touchdown uh in each of the last four weeks and has five total receiving touchdowns for the season uh so if you want to attempt to ride the wave i don't blame you um you know there, there's probably a regression coming if his touches don't go up but you know it they're playing well. I mean, last week they didn't play so well, and Jamal Williams still caught a touchdown, but this offense really depends on its running backs. Okay, Kenyon Drake, 73% rostered in Yahoo. Uh, the, this Cardinals backfield is a fluid one at the moment. He did an amazing job last Thursday night, uh, only three days into, you know, <laughs> on the Cardinals. Um, they were playing a great defense, and he totaled 162 yards on 19 touches. Uh, Chase Edmonds likely won't play this week with, with his hamstring injury. David Johnson, he does have a chance to suit up because they, he, you know, they didn't announce that he was out last week, but who knows you know what's going on with him. His injury is a little mysterious. 
Um, so still, there's a little bit of intrigue with Drake in case, you know, DJ's injury is more serious than they're letting on. Um, so, you know, he's worth like a, a pickup if he is available on your waivers. Ty Montgomery uh, got hurt in that game last week. He ran into the kicker, ran into the locker room, and there's no no word on whether his injury is serious or not. But Le'Veon Bell was scheduled to get an MRI on his knee. Adam Schefter apparently said that some sources said that he was okay. Uh, it didn't seem like he heard it in the game, but this is the second time this year he's having an MRI without us no, you know, noticing an injury. And you know, this could be a case of potentially shutting him down for the year because of the terrible year they're having right now to save him for next year. Absolutely not what you want to hear if you have Bell, but Montgomery would be a potential workhorse if that were to happen and if he's healthy. Uh, but the Jets have a great remaining schedule. Uh, and even on a bad team, Montgomery's versatility can keep him viable as an RB2 if we get some bad Bell news today or tomorrow. Um, they also signed Josh Adams uh, from the practice squad. And Adam Schefter said that it's more preliminary because they don't want any other team to, to snatch him up. But, you know, it's possible that he becomes the guy if Ty Montgomery's hurt too. Um, Blah Powell's still there as well. They placed Trenton Cannon on IR. So, you know, it's if, if Ty Montgomery's hurt, if Bell is hurt, that leaves Josh Adams and Levy and uh, Bilal Powell as the two guys, and I'll probably rather have uh, Josh Adams. I think Bilal Powell might be more, you know, prevalent in in PPR leagues, but still, it it might be you know where you kind of just stay away from these guys. Although they do have a really good schedule, let's see what happens with these two um, as far as the, as far as their health goes. It seems like Le'Veon Bell is okay though. Not exciting, but Kalen Balaj, very possible that he is going to be the only guy touching the ball in that backfield after Mark Walton got suspended for violating the substance abuse policy. Uh, Balaj has not been good with his opportunities this year, uh, but he's a body at running back who will touch the ball if you're desperate for a running back. Um, I, I would only pick up Balaj if I desperately need a play this week in a deep league. Um, I would not hold him as depth. Um, I would rather use that bench spot to hold the high upside handcuff running back if possible. And, and I'll go over a few of those ha- high hank- high upside handcuff guys in a little bit. Uh, Daryl Henderson, um, just a reminder, you know, after the Rams buy that, that Henderson outtouched Gurley in week eight. Uh, if Gurley's knee is acting up, it could be Henderson time. This would be more of a preemptive move just in case we end up seeing Gurley's role reduced, uh, you know, continue to be reduced, right? It's possible... Um, that 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 happens, and it's probably better to be on it now and watch out for it rather than react after we get some concrete evidence potentially this week. So Henderson has shown enough to potentially be the 1A on the offense if Gurley needs to be limited, uh, even if Malcolm Brown is back. So I mentioned those high upside bench stashes, uh, kind of in order. Um, These are the guys that I would want on the end of my bench just in case there's an injury in front of them. They would kind of assume, you know, a bell cow or or high workhorse role. Uh, And that's Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, Raquel Armstead, Latavius Murray, Duke Johnson, who is usable right now, uh, Gus Edwards, Daryl Henderson, Jalen Samuels, Rashad Penny, Wayne Gallman, and Jay Ajayi. And JJ obviously is not on the team right now, but he is probably like the next running back to be signed uh, if a team uh, needs a body pretty badly. Okay, moving on to wide receivers. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, he's rostered in 74% of Yahoo League, so there's a small chance that he is available in your league. Uh, in, in his second game with the Patriots this past week, he led them in targets with 14, uh, air yards with 136, 
um, you know, seventh, which happened to be seventh overall in week nine, those eight yards. So that's that's legit. Uh, for context, the next highest on the team was Julian Edelman with 59 air yards. So he wasn't being targeted downfield the way Sanu was. Um, so I would treat Sanu as a wide receiver too against Philadelphia after their bye week this week. Um, you know, he ran the same amount of routes as Edelman, played 100% of snaps. Um, and yeah, so like in, if you look back in week eight, he was targeted five times on only 26 routes. And Philip Dorsett, you know, just for context, he was targeted six times on 39 routes. Um, Edelman was targeted 10 times on 38 routes. So, you know, it kind of it kind of adds up there with the more routes that Sanu is playing, you know, the more um, likely that he will get targeted. And, you know, Edelman, Sanu, they seemingly, you know, they're, they're, they seem like the two top wide receivers right now for the Patriots. It's kind of hard to justify keeping Dorsett on your roster through their Week 10 bye. Um, he hasn't exceeded six targets over the last three weeks, so I'm good. Um, but, yeah, Tom Brady, the passing game, they have a great matchup coming out of their bye in Week 11, so I would uh, start Sanu as a wide receiver too. If he's available, he's a must-pick-up. Okay, Zach Pascal, in, in T.Y. Hilton's absence, uh, the targets were pretty spread out. No one had more than six, but Zach Pascal did lead the team eight, with six targets, had the best game of everybody, uh, caught five or six for 76 yards and a touchdown. So when you consider that they have Miami next week, he's very playable as a wide receiver three flex option. Uh, he's playable regardless of who's that quarterback. It does seem like Jacoby Brissett has a good chance at playing even with his knee sprain. Devontae Parker. Preston Williams out for the year with a knee injury, so Parker should get a bump in targets. Uh, Parker already caught four touchdowns over the past five weeks, can potentially start averaging closer to 10 targets per week. Um, you know, if especially if Ryan Fitzpatrick stays in at quarterback. Um, the Dolphins, they've been bad, but they are going to need to, to pass the ball a ton. And, you know, if Fitzpatrick stays in, we know he likes to target those outside wide receivers. And, the only guy that they really have right now that he has, uh, uh, you know, trust with is press is uh, Devontae Parker. Marquise Brown dropped in a bunch of leagues. Um, four targets, three catches, forty-eight yards against the Patriots on only fifty-eight percent of snaps. Pretty good considering the Patriots have been stout against wide receivers. Brown coming off his injury um, this week, he'll likely be you know one week healthier, play more snaps against Cincinnati. So if you need some upside, Brown is your guy in, in a great matchup. Uh, Josh Reynolds, uh, Brandon Cooks had yet another concussion. It's at the point where he likely needs to take at least a few weeks off. Um, currently has no timetable to return, so Reynolds will take his place. Uh, the Rams, they primarily run three wide receiver sets. Reynolds will see the field on almost every snap. Um, he's got it done when targeted, caught three last week for 73 yards and a touchdown. His matchups don't look great. Over the next few weeks, but if you need a, a flex option a little bit desperately, I think he can fill in for you. Josh Gordon, always intriguing, right? We can't help but think of the upside, uh, you know, after being paired with Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, but still, it's tough to envision consistency on a run-heavy offense with Tyler Lockett, with DK Metcalf. They're already soaking up target share. And, and Gordon's, uh, you know, yes, he is a better route runner than Metcalf, so there is a possibility he becomes the second option, maybe kind of moves DK out of the way a little bit um, since he can kind of do things all over the field as more of a possession receiver. Um, but, you know, Gordon's days as a field stretcher probably over. Metcalf will, will always have the big playability regardless of Gordon being there. Um, so I'll pick him up for upside. 
you know, Gordon I'm talking about here, but I wouldn't play him this week against the 49ers. Keep in mind he has a bye after this week. So his first potentially usable week is week 12 against Philly. And I'm not sure how much confidence you'll have, even though it's a good matchup. Jameson Crowder, um, Sam Darnold's preferred target last week in Miami. There's no way to tell if he's going to regress back to the five target games we saw in, in the two games prior before before last game. Uh, but, you know, if you're in need of a PPR flex play, he has a good matchup this week against the Giants. Coming into week nine, the Giants gave up the third most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the previous four weeks. Um, so Randall Cobb was then, you know, able to rack up six receptions against them last night on Monday night. So not, not the worst matchup in the world. AJ Brown, he's, you know, he hasn't seen consistent targets from Ryan Tannehill, but he caught four of seven targets for 71 yards last week against Carolina. Uh, that's the second time in three weeks with Tannehill that he saw seven plus targets. So this week, if Patrick Mahomes plays, Tannehill might have to pass it more than the Titans would want. Um, so, you know, with Brown's playmaking ability that we saw this year, I think he offers some upside with more volume, you know, if you're in, in a deeper league. Hunter Renfro is worth paying attention to as well. Uh, he's come along over the past two weeks, caught 4-4 for 88 and, and one touchdown in week eight. Um, that turned into more targets in week nine, caught 6-7 for 54 yards and another touchdown. So when you look at the matchup, the Chargers are tough against slot wide receivers, but still I think Renfro is on the deep flex radar uh, in PPR leagues. And obviously full PPR leagues will probably you know be a safer floor for him. Nikhil Harry, he's a stash. Uh, we have no idea whether he'll crack the three wide receiver set and play over Philip Dorr's set. Uh, he should be back in week 11 against Philly, so it might be worth having him on your bench to see how it shakes out. But I'd rather have him on my bench for that game and not through the bye. You know, I don't want to put him on my bench this week. I'd probably wait closer to, like, Monday night's game before I pick him up as a free agent before waivers, if possible. I know on a lot of platforms like Yahoo, um, all of the, the teams that didn't uh, play this week, like, if they have a bye, they remain, you know, on waivers until uh, that last game starts. So, you know, if Harry's still on the waiver wire at that point, I'll scoop him up. If not, I'm not sweating it. Uh, pickups at tight end. Mike Gesicki, uh, he's intriguing with Preston Williams on IR. There's room for Gesicki to garner more targets. Last week, 6-6 six six for 95 yards. Uh, great matchup against the Colts this week. They've given up the 7th most fantasy points to the tight end position. Uh, he's been given Gesicki has been given the seventh most air yard since week five um, among tight ends. So that's that's legit. We can see that you know they're trying to get him on big plays, and there is big play production in him. He's a very athletic tight end. He was drafted as a potential elite pass catching guy and is, is a potential multi-week option uh, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Gerald Everett, uh, similar thing uh, with his air yards, fourth in tight end air yards since week four. Um, his volume has been up and down. Um, but those air yards are only behind Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey since week four. Um, now, Brandon Cooks, I mentioned earlier, uh, he's not in the lineup for the next week or two, so Everett should see increased opportunity. He has Pittsburgh this week, uh, who has given up the ninth most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So if you need a guy this week, um, he, he's really not a bad option. Jacob Hollister, uh, he he had eighty. He played on 80% of snaps this week. That jumped from 52% 
uh, and 35% over the last two weeks. 34 routes ran this week, jumped from seven last week. Um, and if you're trying to figure out how many routes the tight end usually runs, Travis Kelsey also ran 34 routes this past week. Um, and, you know, if you're wondering about Luke Wilson, their other tight end, he remained into block most of the day. He was a little banged up, too. He only ran five routes for the entire game. We saw how they like to use Will Disley before they lost him to torn Achilles. And while he won't be targeted a ton, this passing offense is all about efficiency. It seems as though they are trying to use Hollister in that capacity, or they were at least. And even in a tough matchup against the 49ers this week, he'll probably one of the best streaming options, um, assuming that a guy like Ed Dixon doesn't be doesn't become activated this week, and that's possible. And if he is, he has a chance to be their primary pass catching tight end. And at, the, at that point, Jacob Hollister, he's a very risky play. So I'm going to keep a close lookout for that if I plan on rolling Hollister out this week. If Delaney Walker is out, out again, John New Smith is a good option. Great, great matchup against Chiefs defense. Uh, they're giving up the 10th most fantasy points to the tight end position. Uh, last week, he didn't come through. Still saw five targets. It was a tough matchup, but he should be in line for more volume if the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes back. Chris Herndon, Ryan Griffin, uh, the legend of Chris Herndon. I'm sure you're tired of hearing about him. Uh, who knows if he's going to play this week. He was active last week, but it might have only been because the Jets didn't have enough healthy players to meet the minimum. That's that's crazy. But Ryan Griffin, he's putting in some work over the past two games, so if Herndon isn't healthy enough, you might be able to throw Griffin out there as a streamer. Jack Doyle has been solid, um, really touchdown dependent, though. He's getting more targets than Ebron, but it's not enough to count on him. Not sure you can count on many tight ends, so, you know, without T.Y. Hilton on the field, again, potentially Doyle is an option. Okay, uh, quarterback streamers, Jacoby Brissett or Brian Hoyer, honestly. Um, either of these two should be able to play well against Miami at home. Um, Frank Wright, you know, he's putting his quarterbacks in good positions. He did it with Brissett all year. He can do the same for Hoyer. Um, and he did the same for Hoyer last week, and that resulted in three passing touchdowns in relief of Jacoby Brissett last week. Um you know, he does have that knee sprain, uh, but apparently he might be fine for this week. But Sam Darnold, only quarterback this year to not throw at least two touchdowns against the Dolphins. Uh, even Robert Griffin, yes, RG3, threw a touchdown against Miami this year. <laughs> so I think these guys will be fine. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, he's been solid in his first three starts this year, even from a fantasy perspective. He's at home this week against the Chiefs. Um, and I mentioned this a couple times, he might need to throw the ball a little bit more to keep up with Patrick Mahomes if he plays. Regardless, he's a decent streamer this week against the Chiefs team, giving up the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Daniel Jones going up against the Jets. I think he has some upside in this matchup. His floor is pretty low, uh, but if he can combine some of his passing production and run for some yards as well, he has a, a high ceiling. He showed that this year. If you're chasing that high ceiling, he's a good play. Without, you know, too many streamers this week, I'd roll with Jones for his upside. You know, Gardner Minshew, Ryan Fitzpatrick were both able to throw three touchdowns, close to 300 yards against the Jets over the past two weeks. Derek Carr on Thursday night, um, it's a tough matchup, but he's been playing well. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's a national TV game, kind of scares me for Carr, but he is playable. Uh, Sam Darnold. I mean, I don't want to do it, uh, but he's back at home, and, and he could have a decent game against a bad 
Giants secondary. Uh, you have to have no options left to play Darnold this week. Um, not sure how much confidence he gives you, but at least he's at home. But I guess so are the Giants. Okay, uh, defensive streamers, New Orleans against Atlanta. They've scored at least eight fantasy points in five of the last six games. The pass rush is pretty good. Atlanta has given up 21 sacks this year. So, you know, the Falcons' offense hasn't shown much life. If the Saints are available, they should be able to get it done for you at home, regardless if Matt Ryan is under center or not. Pittsburgh against the Rams. Over the past six games, here are the Steelers' defenses' fantasy points in, I guess, standard fantasy, you know, defensive point scoring. 11, 19, 11, 14, 13, 19. The Rams, you know, they haven't shown that elite offense this year. Uh, so I think the Steelers can get it done once again with a top-end pass rush. Uh, on the back end, make it Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's been a great in-season acquisition for them and, uh, you know, creating turnovers. The Colts against the Dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick lost one of his primary targets in Preston Williams. Um, there's always the upside, you know, or downside in Fitzpatrick's case for Fitz to have a high turnover game. And Miami has allowed teams to rack up 28 sacks against them. So there's a lot of upside here for an already solid Indianapolis defense. The Giants against the Jets. Uh, they've sacked teams 22 times this year. The Jets have given up 34 sacks this year. That's tied for most in the league. Um, there's a good chance the Giants get to Darnold several times. And that increases the chance for turner- four turnovers. So, you know, you look at how many Jets, how many fantasy points the Jets have given up. They've given up the most fantasy points to opposing defenses. So, Giants are a good play this week. And, and they're really at home, right? Uh, Cleveland against Buffalo uh, at home. They're getting to the quarterback. Uh, they just can't st- given. They can't stop giving up points, and that was the problem last week. Um, you know, and you know, it, with all the points they gave up, they should have had like, you know, zero points. But the sacks kind of kept them in it a little bit. Uh, but the Bills have given up twenty sacks this year. The Browns have a good chance at racking up some sacks against them this week. And that's it. That's all I had, guys. Um, hope you guys get whoever you want in your waivers tonight. Uh, if you have any questions, I'm putting out a series of posts today on Instagram. Uh, so just comment on those. That will probably get you the best um, chance at me responding to you directly. Uh, so, yeah. So I'm looking forward to talking to you guys. Thank you for listening. Really, really, really appreciate you guys uh, listening to this. Uh, and I would love some feedback. If you want to DM me, hit me up at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. And, um, yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. Have a great week.